0: Thanks for clicking your way back to Pierre Pressure, pressure podcast. podcast. Today's episode is very different and very special. I was looking around through my old cassettes for some reason, and I found a tape, a cassette tape from October 22nd, 1992, where I interviewed the breeders.
1: I wait for you in heaven.
0: Breeders is a band that consists of Kim Deal from the Pixies. At the time, it was her sister, Kelly Deal, her twin sister, bass player, Josephine Wiggs, and drummer, Jim McPherson. At the time, I was a college student going to UC San Diego, and I was writing for the school magazine called The Guardian, doing music reviews, concert reviews, and CD reviews. And I got the gig to interview the Breeders and... The way it worked out is they were about to embark on a large tour, a worldwide tour, and the U.S. and Europe and all over the place, and they were going to swing by the closest venue to UCSD, which was Iguanas, a legendary venue down in Mexico, in Tijuana. So when we were kids, when we were in college, we would go down to Tijuana and go see all our favorite bands. We'd go see Soundgarden and Tad and Fishbone and lots and lots of good people. I
1: wait for you Fortunately God, I wait for
0: you The Breeders were scheduled to go play at Iguanas, so I was engaged to write the preview for their concert. So it was 1992, their album Pod had come out about a couple of years before and it was doing well, but they hadn't come out with Last Splash yet. They were just about to go in the studio and record the album Last Splash, which had the song Cannonball on it, which became a huge hit. It was kind of an MTV staple. So this interview happened just before that all went down. I was a little 22 year old. Uh, apparently I was very sleepy when I called them. I had to call them in their house where they all, I guess, lived together in Ohio and Dayton. So I was calling the breeder's house and uh, I guess San Diego time, it was maybe 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or something. And for some reason that was extremely early for me. So I sound half asleep and stoned. This interview is so hilarious because I had to basically go door to door. Somebody had a phone in their hand and they were going from room to room, finding the members of the breeders. So the call, obviously it's on a cassette, and it's pretty low quality but it's me talking to the breeders it starts off with me talking to Jim McPherson their drummer it kind of starts off mid-sentence because I didn't really have my recording technology quite down and then from there I get to talk to Josephine the bass player Kelly Deal and then Kim Deal and so it's pretty hilarious it's uh you know 27 years old and uh this is me talking to the band The Breeders and what is very interesting about this is I found from listening to it again after all these years is that I was uh, kind of obsessed with politics way back then so I think this fits nicely on the Pierre Pressure podcast roster. roster roster Before we listen to my interview with the Breeders, I want to remind everyone that I am playing Saturday, October 26th at Barbez record release show for my album Franglais, Franglais, which is a bunch of songs that I love from bands I love, including The Pixies. Fugazi, Minutemen, Violent Femmes, and many more in French, and I will be performing that album Saturday, October 26th at Barbaz. Come see us and come get a copy of the vinyl album. If you can't come to Barbaz, order the vinyl. It comes with a digital download if you need your zeros and ones. But if you're into record listening, you can uh, pop it on your record player and hear the crackles. So please go out and order Franglais. Here is my interview with Jim, Josephine, Kelly, and Kim from The Breeders. Enjoy. Check, check, check. One, two.
2: Sorry about that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> two shows in Ireland, we warmed up for a teenage fan club in Nirvana. Wow,
3: that must have been
2: great. Yeah, it was really neat.
3: Huh. Are coming down to San Diego and next week.
2: Yeah, I can't. I've never been out on the west coast. Oh, really? Yeah. You haven't. Really looking forward to it.
3: Huh. So, were you in any bands before this?
2: Um. Yeah, I've been in bands for a long time, but I mean, no bands that like got you know national recognition. Yeah. Wow. It was just the uh, bands around the mid east area here. Oh. Uh-huh. So, Kim and Kelly came down and watched us play one night. Uh huh. So they. And they liked it. They stole me. All right. They stole me away from my band.
3: (laughs) Well, I guess you're pretty happy about that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um.
3: Let's see what else. Um. Well, what influences you musically?
2: Uh, musically? Mm hmm. Um. I'm a, a really big King Crimson fan. Oh, wow. And, uh, I wish they'd get back together. <laughs> um, God, I, lately, well, I went to Lollapalooza, you know, mm-hmm. did you see that? I didn't, know, I tried to get in, couldn't well, get in. it was the first time I saw Ministry. Oh, wow. And I thought it was all drum tr- machines and stuff, but this last album was with the drummer. And, I don't know, I just really been getting into their new album. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so i kind of, been kind of like in Ministry and... Jesus Mary Chain and hmm. And so who who writes the
3: songs in the Breeders? Kim. Kim writes them herself. Yeah. Oh. oh wow. Okay, and do you guys like collaborate? How does it work? Put a song
2: together. Yeah, she she like has like the um like the melody line. mm mm-hmm. And then she'll ask us, you know, like, you know, what can you uh you know? Put a beat to this, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep showing a beat. She hmm. likes something, so we, you know, we all work together on it. But she like has the the first idea of what mm-hmm. she wanted to sound like. And so,
3: does she write on guitar or on bass or guitar? Guitar. Okay.
2: Wow. She 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 loves playing the Oh yeah. <laughs> huh. Um. Are there are any of the other breeders around that yeah. I could
3: possibly talk to?
2: Yeah, well, let me uh, see I'm on the mobile phone here so I can walk around. Okay. Let me see. see that door's closed. Uh-oh. We are now approaching downstairs. Okay. Oh, great. Uh, Josephine, our bass player, has got something wrong with her gums. Oh, no. So she's got to go to the dentist. So That's do you want to... Oh, okay. Who wants to talk next? This is a guy... Okay. Well, here's Josephine. Okay. It was nice
3: talking to you. All right. Nice, nice meeting you, Jim.
4: So I'm, I'm learning about your wonderful American health system, basically. Oh no.
3: What, what happened to your?
4: Through the nose before anything happened. Oh, I know. <laughs> well,
3: maybe if, maybe if we change our politics, we'll get something more socialized.
4: That's Right, and you've got a chance pretty soon.
3: Exactly, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> sort of, as much as you can be about. Choice. So you're from England, I take it. That's
4: right. Yeah.
3: <coughs> wow. So how did you get involved in this band?
4: Um, because I I first met Kim about four years ago mm-hmm. in London mm-hmm. when um she was over there playing with Pixies oh. and the band that I was then playing in supported the Pixies.
3: Which was what what so band?
4: Perfect Disaster.
3: Perfect Disaster. Okay.
4: And. Uh, And then we met again the following summer in Germany Mm -hmm. when I was I was staying with with a friend in Germany and uh, she had a ticket to go and see the Pixies play Hmm. and it was a sold-out show and I thought oh I wonder if I can blag my way into this (laughs) by virtue of having been in a band who supported them yeah and I managed to do it oh that's great so uh, that's how I met up with Kim again
3: and then she was talking about. Doing
4: Um, it a side project. Four months after that, in fact, Mm -hmm. phone call from 4AD saying that she and Tanya were thinking of putting this thing together, and would I be interested in Hmm. joining in?
3: So what happened to Tanya and the others on the first island?
4: Okay. Um. Um, Tanya came and played on the the EP that we put out last year. Mm -hmm. Safari. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Even at that time. We all knew that she was in the process of separating from throwing music Mm. and um, was going to get her own band together. And and we all knew then that it just wasn't practical, you know, because she's going to have a full-time schedule with them to um, be trying to fit in doing stuff with us. So uh, you know, it's very amicable and all that, and we've, we we all still lament over the fact that she's not um, able to do it. But. Oh,
3: so she is going to put something else together?
4: Yeah, she's uh, had, uh, she's had two records out already. Oh wow! The, the, the name of the band is Belly.
3: Oh okay, okay, I've heard of Belly. And, uh,
4: That's right. Yeah, they've recorded an album, but I don't think it's out
3: quite yet. Okay. What about um, was it Carrie Bradley, the violinist?
4: That's right. She she was never actually a full member of the band. Okay, she
3: just, she just recorded.
4: That's right. I mean, and in fact, there's one song that we're working on at the moment that that we want her to play on. You we know, go and record that hmm. it's like she's an old friend of Kim's.
3: Oh good. So when is the LP coming out?
4: Um, probably in the spring. I mean, we we keep um kidding ourselves, but we're nearly ready to do it, but <coughs> I think we're, like, half ready to do it, so, um...
3: So, have you been to the West Coast? Have you toured, played out here before?
4: At, what, the breeders?
3: Yeah. No.
4: <coughs> it's the first time that the breeders have played out in America. Oh, wow. And, uh, well, I mean, we did the East Coast leg, um, three weeks ago and now coming over to the west coast. This is the first ever Breeders American Tour. Wow!
3: And where where are you starting over there, over here?
4: Um, we go to Minneapolis, uh-huh. Salt Lake City, and Seattle, San Francisco, and then down the coast. Wow, that's great.
3: How was the reception on the east coast?
4: Really good, really huh. good. Uh, we sold out, I think, every show but two. And uh, and there were sort of weird reasons why those two didn't come out. Hmm. Like one of them, it was alleged that it was Jewish New Year, and that's why. <laughs> it didn't out. I don't know whether I believe that.
3: It's possible. <laughs> Rosh Hashanah or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Huh. So do you feel like um, I don't know? You've probably been asked this before, but is there sort of a pixie's shadow following you around at all, or is that not even a consideration?
4: Yes. I guess there is. There, there is just a, that little patch of darkness. That's yeah. But um, I, I think it won't. I think it's just because you know this is the first, first time that we've played out, and mm-hmm. people are so very familiar with Kim through Pixies. But I think it won't be very long before that
2: mm-hmm.
4: left behind completely, because this does have its own its own identity, and the songs are different, and yeah. you know, because a different bunch of people. And, yeah. Quite different, so. But uh, it, you know, it's inevitable, really. Yeah,
3: well, it is different. The sound is different. I don't know if you know this, but um, the term "breeders" in, um, in in well in American <laughs> is a uh, sort of a homosexual term for heterosexuals.
4: That's right. We it, do know that.
3: Is that um, intentional?
4: That, that was the origin of using that word.
3: Oh, it was. Okay. When I
4: overheard somebody. In a in a gay bar. I oh wow! Probably in San Francisco, but I, oh no, it might have been in Dayton actually. <laughs> it's rather astonishing to think that there is a gay bar in Dayton. <laughs> there is, because we've been to it. <laughs>
3: That's funny. So that is actually the origin of that name.
4: Yes, it is. Yes. Huh.
3: Yeah. I thought it may, maybe had something. Does it have? Would you say that any of your songs are feminist, or do you have a feminist slant? Any of your
4: I think. Songwriting. I I think that just like. Sub- subject matter-wise and perspective-wise, I mean, they, they obviously are feminist, mm. but it's feminist with a very small s. <laughs> you know.
3: yeah.
4: um, it's not. Uh, hey, you know, listen to us. We're we're women. we this is what we've got to say.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Kind of thing. I mean, it's it's much more subtle. Yeah. And 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 I think that by virtue of being more subtle, it's actually more powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's more affecting.
3: Yeah. So, um, as you do, you think your your sound has a very raw, it has a very raw feel, kind of unproduced. But do you think if is that a is that a budget thing, or like if you you know when things get rolling more, will your sound sound a lot more studio
4: slicked up? Definitely, it's definitely going to sound much more produced.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Partly because we we are actually looking for a proper producer, whatever that means,
3: mm-hmm. you
4: know, sort of big budget name, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're going to spend about two months in the studio doing it, uh, so just by virtue of those two things.
3: How long, excuse me?
4: Uh, about two months, I think, six weeks to two months.
3: How long did the last um
4: Oh, that took 10, take ten days. Ten days. Yeah. Wow. And also, because of it being done by Albini, I mean, he's not you know his method of producing something is to record it <coughs> <Yeah. laughs> and that's it okay. so i mean it will be different
3: that's sort of part that's part of that album's charm i'd say but
4: i agree absolutely
3: <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to hear how something very produced would sound
4: yeah that's right I, yeah i mean i i'm very much um enamored with that the style of that album I really yeah. it. but on the other hand you can't carry on doing that. Yeah. You
3: know,
4: if we were to make a, a second album like that and think that they would be criticism leveled at us for doing so. Yeah. And also it probably wouldn't be so interesting for us, you know, it's, it's, the whole thing is a sort of exploration for us as much as anything else.
3: Yeah. Um, would it be possible to talk to Kim? Is she around?
4: I, I have no idea where she is, actually, but I'll see if I can find her. Okay. To Kelly for a few minutes and hopefully Kim will be here shortly.
3: That would be great. Okay. Okay, well, well
4: it's nice talking with you. I'll
3: see you in uh in actually in Mexico, in oh, Tijuana. Good. Oh good. So nice, nice talking to you. Okay.
2: Good luck. Right. Thank you.
4: Hello. This is pierre delecto I would like to make it very clear that I do not support the policies of your president. I think they are very inappropriate and I think you need to be unpeched. I used impeached like a peche. Please subscribe to my Twitter account, Pierre Delecto, Pierre Delecto. Merci beaucoup au revoir. Hello.
1: Hello.
3: Hello. Good, how are you?
1: I'm
3: Pierre. Nice to talk to you. Hello, Pierre. <laughs> so, Kelly. Um well. I don't know. Um, I guess the usual questions, like, what's it like playing with your sister?
1: It's like playing with It's good. It's fun. It makes it funner, I think. I think she's
3: I heard you guys were in a disco band way, way back. What was that all about?
1: It's to woo. It's to woo. <laughs> yeah, we, we were in a disco band a long time ago. We were like 17.
3: What was it called? Huh? What was it
1: called? Uh, it was called Track 5, I believe. Track 5. was called Track 5 and we played at Mode Lounge. Wow. Yeah, in Chiqua.
3: What kind of tunes
1: did you do? We did Car Wash. <coughs> and what else did we do? We did a lot of Santana. Alright. Yeah. No, that wasn't Santana, not Santana, sorry. Black Magic Woman, is that Bill Withers?
3: That's Santana. Black Magic Woman.
1: Okay, then we all then Bill Withers did Feelings, right?
3: Uh, I guess so. You did Feelings.
1: <laughs> feelings too. We didn't sing those. The other guy did.
3: What did you guys do in that band?
1: Uh, we sang, but not those songs.
3: Oh, kind of like the the backup singers or something.
1: Yeah, with, with yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's cool. So who was born first?
1: I was. I'm 11 minutes older. Oh wow. More mature.
3: So you, can, does it show?
1: Yes. It shows.
3: You're the big sister.
1: <laughs> That's good.
3: So do you... Who writes most of the stuff?
1: Kim writes pretty much everything. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
3: And does... Do you... I mean, do you throw stuff in? Do you collaborate? How does it work?
1: And Yeah. And then we throw stuff in. She'll come down with... She'll come downstairs, what I meant, with um, like, like, a, like a neat thing. Either a guitar thing or a vocal thing or mm-hmm. a chorus thing. And then she'll just we'll just play it lot, you know, play it out, not not live. But we'll play it downstairs, and then we just start throwing stuff. And she'll say to somebody, "I'm looking for some kind of, you know, traveling beat or some kind of marching band beat or something mm-hmm. like that." Wow.
3: Something like that. So, how did you get involved in, in the band? I mean,
1: starting it. Uh, she uh. Well, she wanted me to play on Pod, but I would quit my job. Oh, really? Yeah, I really liked my job. Hmm. And then um, then, um, then, I heard Pod, and I thought, whoa. Hmm. That's
3: yeah. <laughs> it's a good album. Do you like it better than The Pixies? Yeah. You like you like this stuff better? Oh, yeah. Why is that? Um, There's more of Cam in it, I guess.
1: Not, well, I guess that might be I, I really like her. Guitar- Style of guitar playing. Yeah, she's a really good guitarist, and um, she like uses the whole instrument. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Play with it. It's really neat to to watch her play. Uh-huh. And then um, what else? I like her voice.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, did you ever have? Did you ever get like offers to play with the Pixies or not? Because I know what's his name's brother, Joey's brother played with them, right?
2: Right.
1: Well, when the first when the Pixies first got together, and they were just up in Boston, they weren't they weren't even playing out at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles and Kim shared tickets for me to fly up there mm. and uh, and just meet everybody, because they wanted me to drum because they used to play drums in high school, uh-huh. and they wanted me to be the drummer. Mm. And you know, but I wanted. To, you had a job. Yeah, I had a job.
3: So, um, looking forward Well,
1: you've been in the breeders and you've never been in the bitch I don't mean personality-wise, I mean musically.
3: Yeah. Is that Kim?
1: Yeah, Kim. Yelling at me. little feisty little thing. What time did you come in my room last night, Missy? 3,
3: Uh-oh. Sisterly quarrel?
1: No, <laughs> not This ain't a quarrel. <laughs> Oh, did you really? Kim was watching Urban Cowboy.
3: Oh, great. Great flick.
1: They are cute. They should get married and stuff. Is John Travolta homosexual?
3: I don't know. He might be. Did you see uh, Deliverance?
1: <laughs> Why? Oh, wait.
3: No, that wasn't John Travolta. That was Burt Reynolds.
1: Yeah.
3: John Travolta. He's probably a bi. I don't know. <laughs> So here's a dumb question for you. Okay. If somebody made a, um, a film about the new and exciting Boston scene, or the Dayton scene, wherever you came from, who would you want to play you?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, this is a good question, Jim. If somebody made a new movie, okay, made a movie about the new exciting like, Dayton scene, you know, like singles, you know?
3: Yeah. Who would you
1: want to play you? What
3: actress? <laughs> or actor.
1: What? Yeah, I'd want an actor to play me.
3: Oh, who would you want?
1: Ludger Hauer.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Jesus.
1: Let me see. You know, a girl, let me think. Golly. There's so many cute ones out there and you know that she's gotta be cute. <laughs> uh, uh, you or me? Me. Uh, you He's asking, who's on the phone? Me. I play you. Oh that's it. That's <laughs> good. He would play me? And you would play her? I'd
3: play you. Oh wow, that's, that's tricky. You guys could get any star in the world. Angelica
1: Houston. Angelica Houston. Oh yes, Kim. way to go. Who'd she say? Okay, well, Andrew, Angelica Houston and Isabella Rossellini. Oh wow. Joseph, that's a good question for Joe.
3: You can ask Jim too.
1: Oh, ask McPherson too. And tell her who are taken.
3: Did you guys see that movie? Singles?
1: Uh-uh, is it good?
3: I don't know, I didn't see it.
1: It's kind of, you know, I didn't see the Doors movie either. Weaver. Oh, that's perfection! Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney
3: Weaver, that's yeah. that's Josephine? Yeah. All right.
1: That is so good. <laughs> Wouldn't they be great together? Those oh, three?
3: All right. All-star cast. Wow. We'll well,
1: McPherson. Yeah, we'll we have to cast McPherson. We get to choose it. Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: You can direct them. Share your life secrets with them.
1: Who, who who would we get for him? Hmm.
3: Hmm. I've never met him, but he sounds kind of like uh, Kevin Costner. Um, oh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, alright. Wow, <laughs> what a cast. That would be crazy movie. Yeah,
1: it would be crazy. <laughs> okay. We well, with Kim, okay?
3: Okay. Nice talking to you. You can call me Isabella. Hey, Isabella. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. It's earlier for me than it is for you.
1: Oh no, what, I'm, you're in LA, in West Coast.
3: Yeah, I'm in San Diego. Oh. Yeah, but I'm okay. I got coffee. So. Let's see. What was I gonna ask you? What silly questions? Um, well, since you're the one who writes songs, maybe you could tell me kind of what influences you, where you
1: get your your stuff. Um, just like I don't know, just whatever I think, you know. think about, and if it seems like it's a good idea, mm-hmm. then then I'll then I'll see if I can make it a really good idea. But if it's not a good idea, then I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's so vague like that. Yeah. There's not really a formula to it or anything, but what's
3: metal man about
1: metal man yeah it's about um okay um you know when uh, um there's this guy who was working on a gear shift a clutch uh of some sort Mm -hmm. underneath a a a car Mm -hmm. and he was welding some um i don't know alloys of some sort you know whatever they used to to weld together and then they uh uh and then a drop dropped dropped down and he was telling me the story and i said oh did it hurt God, it felt like 2,000 degrees was going right through me. Oh, so it's a true story. Yeah, yeah. And he had a little a really perfect shape, about the size of a quarter, on his chest. It was oh, wow. Circular. Can you imagine how wow. that hurt? But he that bird right through his shirt. Oh,
2: there was man. Like
1: a, just a, a, a neat little hole right through the shirt. <sighs>
3: Is that usually how do you use little like real life situations?
1: And Sometimes like something I feel off. That I thought was it's like 2,000 degrees going through me. <laughs> it's like you're the metal man, dude.
3: Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what makes you angry in life?
1: Oh, I don't know. I guess injustice, you know, and you know, seeing the you know in the in the LA, the LA, um, you know, when the LA riots were happening. And yeah. Those black people were beating up on that one trucker. At first, you know, the trucker looked like he had um, he had longish kind of hair. Yeah. And I didn't see that he had just gotten out of a semi. Yeah. I, just, I I just came into it, and I thought it was a woman, and I thought, wow, man. Oh. Uh, do you remember seeing that? Oh
3: yeah, totally. You how the
1: black guy picked up the brick and just threw it at with full force. Of, oh.
3: Yeah, he was like stomping God. on. That
1: just makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. It's just, that's just so. It's just so sad.
3: Yeah, that whole thing was really fucked up. Cause, I mean, every other media showed it all in different ways and everything.
1: Yeah, they did. But I think it's really good that they did in a way because it really happened. And
3: but like, like MTV took that piece of that piece of film, you know, with that guy getting stomped uh and like made a little cartoon out of it and used it for their, you know, for the little MTV logo. Every, you know, all the time, so they just kind of, like, exploded you know, I it. I
1: that something was weird about that. Yeah. They must have had a point about it, though, because they usually have really good graphics. You know, the best part of MTV is between the videos.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, so that's really, you know, maybe they just screwed up on that one, and the, the point that they were trying to show didn't get it through. Yeah. Because they could have just, you know, screwed up and thought that it was a... I thought that was obvious, but I remember people, compl- I don't remember really seeing that. Yeah. You know, I remember people were complaining about how they, they kind of, they made it a, they took light of it. but mm. it, And I'm sure they didn't take light of it, yeah. but it looked like, you know, just even making an animated segment about that is kind of weird. It is. Like, it's really kind of shock factor. It's, nice, it's nice that they, they even took a chance because they do do some really cool things and yeah. to fuck up one time, you know?
3: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of MTV, what do you think of the whole Rock the Vote thing? Like them trying to get in on that and uh, make I people think vote. I it's really
1: good, I guess. You know, I don't. Do you think they're doing it for the ratings or something?
3: I don't know. I mean, I think they, I think they genuinely want young people to vote.
1: I do, too, because I think there's nothing, you know, that, that is, can spell, you know, boring minutes on TV with trying to get somebody to vote, you know. Yeah. And they are spending a lot of time to try to do it in a way that that is. It, that people will still watch it. So I don't think they're using I don't think they're doing it other than they really want to have younger people to vote. Yeah. I'm glad. Are you going to vote? Oh, okay. Yeah, I registered this year at Lollapalooza. Yeah.
2: Right. It
1: works, doesn't it? I've never registered before, and they're yeah. sitting right in front of me. And the only reason why I haven't is because I'm not going to go to the library and get my card, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know
3: what I mean? Yeah. Do you, so are you politically active? I mean,
1: no, not really, no. 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 Uh-uh. I've never been to it. I saw President Reagan in town. Oh, really? In, his, um, in Dayton. He came and visited Dayton at... His election in 88. Mm-hmm. It was 88. it 88? seems like
3: so. Yeah, it was 88. Wait. 84 was his first election in 88. Right. Yeah. So 88. I can't
1: believe it. No, no, wait.
3: Wait. 88 was Bush. Yeah,
1: that's right. I forgot about Bush. Isn't that amazing? Reagan was
3: 80, actually. Reagan started in 80.
1: Right. So I saw him in 84 down at the t- in the middle of the city. Wow. No. But I just got a glimpse of him. But that's a, that's, just, that's the only thing I've done. I just shook, um, shook um, Al Gore's hands. He, oh, yeah. Um, a child. She works uh, with young children. He came hmm. to the center. And she, he just passed by
3: her. And she, uh, Hopefully he'll be the vice president.
1: Oh yeah, I saw him on MTV. Did you see it?
3: I saw Clinton, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, oh, you saw Clinton on MTV?
3: I saw Clinton. I didn't see Gore.
1: Oh, he was in the studio and Ken Ken Loader and uh, I don't know the chick's name, but they were they were asking him questions and they had a studio audience. Huh. Were. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was pretty good. Well, it's one o'clock. And sorry, but I I got on in this late, but our one o'clock's gonna call.
3: Okay, so you gotta take off.
1: But you got time, yeah?
3: I got a lot of good stuff. Okay. So, okay. well, good luck on your tour, and um, I'll see you guys in. Um, you want to
1: good that's good that'll be a good one
2: okay okay have fun bye bye
0: that was my interview with the breeders Jim McPherson Josephine Wiggs Kelly Deal and Kim Deal in October of 1992 I hope you enjoyed it um I don't know why I talked like that there was something weird going on with my head and throat and mouth I guess but I think I I was was sleeping. sleeping I think you know at age 22 I needed to sleep till like noon probably anyway that was really fun I hope you enjoyed it and um Please come to my show October 26th at Barbez. Please buy my new album, Franglais. And please vote in the local elections coming up in November. The Democratic presidential primaries are in full swing. It's just getting more and more confusing. I find it so annoying that Democrats need to debate each other and take all their perfectly sound and well-thought-out platforms and then use them to bludgeon each other to do the Republicans' work for them. They're all basically very similar. They're all gonna be better than what we have now. So I think it would be great if the candidates stopped sniping each other. I also think it doesn't serve anyone well to really buy into all the little tit for tat differences that they're playing up between the candidates because vote for the one you like the best. It's gonna be great as long as one of them wins. If one of them does not win, it's not gonna be so great. We're gonna have to figure something out. I also think it's funny that at the time of this interview in 1992, I think Bill Clinton was running for president with Al Gore as his running mate. And one of the things I said in the interview was, I hope they are able to pass health care because back then in 1992, 27 years ago, the Democrats were trying to pass universal health care with the not yet first lady Hillary Clinton spearheading that effort. So things don't change much. Hopefully they will change. We'll see. Anyway, good luck to all of you. Keep your chin up. Fight the good fight. A la prochaine.